All right, welcome again to MatchCast. Today we have a very special guest joining us for episode number three, our good friend uh, Dan Putt. Dan has been a co-founder. He functions as a board member for MatchNode. He is full-time at Reboot, which he's going to talk a little bit more about. He's been our business partner in the past, and uh, most importantly, he's been a friend and mentor to both Chris and I throughout the years. So uh, welcome to MatchCast, Dan. Thanks, Brian and Chris. It's, uh, it's good to be here. I'm impressed already. Well, awesome, man. Uh, well, today we thought it'd be interesting to trace a little bit of your uh, life cycle and your uh, journey in the digital marketing world and see how it's evolved over time, take a look at some of the lessons you've learned along the way and uh, see some things that are very applicable even to today's digital marketing world, even though uh, a lot of the things and tactics you've used over the years have changed. The lessons you've learned and uh, that journey is still very, very, very relevant today. Great. That sounds good to me. Cool, man. Uh, so how did you get started in digital marketing? You were on the very early days of AdWords and affiliate marketing. What, what introduced you to this world? Yeah, it's a good question. I was trying to think about this, what sort of the genesis. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm heading to Italy in a few weeks. For we, we do these boot camps at Reboot, and so I'm heading for our, our Tuscan boot camp. And Italy is actually where I got my first sort of entrepreneurial start, just being kind of the nerd that I was and noticing that every computer, little electronic store had overpriced computers. And so after my first trip to Italy where I studied abroad, when I came home, I called cold called Toshiba and HP and basically negotiated a purchasing agreement with them where I could buy their uh, off-lease computers and sell them first to Italians on eBay. And it was while I was sort of a couple of years into that business, which taught me a lot about entrepreneurship, that I read an article in Business 2.0 about somebody, I forget the guy's name, it's like Dan something, who I ended up connecting with later on. But he had just written a story about running AdWords ads for top Amazon books that, that were selling as an affiliate. He was This was back in the days where it was easy to just direct link an AdWords add to uh, whatever book or product on Amazon and how as long as you know his cost per click was lower than his commission per click, he could do it all day long. And I was extremely interested in that and fascinated by it. Always been a guy who uh, likes to figure out how things work and kind of deconstruct it. So it was, it was like early November 2005. And I remember reading, doing, just diving in and doing all kinds of research and finding finding the top toys for the upcoming Christmas, setting up my Amazon affiliate account, setting up a LinkShare account to get Walmart affiliate, and uh, running some campaigns, not really knowing what I was doing, racking up some credit card debt along the way, and having faith that uh, that the LinkShare and Amazon were going to pay me the commissions that they said they were that I was generating, and that was kind of my first first foray into the digital mar- digital marketing world. Very different time. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean. One of the things that's really fun about this is the three of us have known each other for a long time, and I feel like we've talked about this subject so many times, but I never knew that uh, Italian piece of your story. So that makes us really fun. How did you get traffic from Italy at that point? I was just selling on eBay, eBay Italy, and I was using Google Translate or Babelfish or whatever was popular at the time to basically write my eBay listings and translate them to Italian. Wow. So Dan, I think one of the big takeaways is you've got a reputation as an early adapter and jumping onto new platforms, even when you're not totally sure how they work. Can you talk about that process and you know the, the mental 
aspect to it of being willing to try a new platform, even if you weren't totally sure exactly what the outcomes were going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think I touched on a little bit. I, I'm I'm very curious on how things work, and I can't help myself from trying to figure out how they piece together. And so, when I'm in that mode, I'm less concerned about outcomes and more interested in just learning. And so, in the AdWords example, I mean, this was like brand new AdWords. This is late 2005. I don't remember exactly when Google launched AdWords, but it couldn't have been more than a few years before that. Endlessly Googled and read about it, and but most importantly just was willing to throw on a credit card and start running some ads. And I remember it was a little scary at times, but just driven by the fascination. How does this work? How does this come together? What is this piece? How are other people doing it? Has always been a central theme, I guess, in my digital marketing approach is what, what are other people doing that's working and kind of deconstructing what they've done, hopefully leveraging their, uh, their own failures. But I think that's always been key for me. Yeah, so so this is definitely resonating a lot. You, you're talking about deconstructing a couple times and just the genuine curiosity of wanting to figure something out. We've talked about it, and the three of us have talked about it in terms of it being like a puzzle, which uh, is a really fun consideration. And when you're in that mode, it seems like, do you find yourself in your career so far, have you gotten better results when you're in that mode of just trying to satisfy your curiosity because you want to do something and being disconnected from results? Or has that sometimes led you down the wrong, the wrong path, or at least as far as the results go? Have you, how have the results tracked these kind of two different approaches that you seem to allude to? I found that generally, the more it comes from a place of curiosity and just trying to learn something, understand something, the better the results have been. When they start to get really high stakes, which you know, we could talk about some of the projects that you and I did way back when, Chris, first starting, where it had to work, you know, like we have to figure this out for X, Y, and Z reasons. It, it, it was much harder, I think, because you weren't as open or I wasn't as open to learning the lessons as they came. It was just another failure in the process and that I needed to work. When I approach it with some curiosity and playfulness, it tends to come much, much more easy. And I know this logically, but it's much harder to do in practice. So Dan, that speaks a little bit to the creativity balanced with the numbers and data of digital marketing and what comes first. And it sounds like you're advocating uh, much more of the creative uh, approach coming first. Yeah, I think partially, for me at least, it's kind of the initial intent or intention that drives uh, the project, drives, gets me into the process. If it's just to learn and to understand things better and to see what I can figure out, then the outcome, the results tend to be better for me. And I think part of that is because I'm more open to the testing. I'm more open to what the data says. You know, if it comes back and says that this approach is not working, then I'm willing to try a new one versus when it, when I need to make this project work, when the data comes back and says this approach is not working, it's much more scary and can be a much bigger setback. So I think it comes from just, hey, I want to try something, you know, and that's one of my best projects, I think, in the digital marketing realm, in the affiliate marketing world, have been, hey, let's just try something. I mean, we met Brian, or we, well, we started working together from that same approach, you know, generating the leads with NCSA. Right. I think that's a perfect segue. Let's talk about some of those early projects that you worked on with either me or with Chris. And most importantly, not so much the projects or even the tactics, but the lessons you learned in some of those instances. Well, we learned a lot uh, with when the three of us came together to generate leads for, for NCSA. Our first official project, all working the three of us together, was when I worked at a company called NCSA Athletic Recruiting, and we helped match high school athletes with college coaches. 
And Dan and Chris came on board to help us drive digital leads in some creative ways that we weren't nimble enough to approach. You want to talk about that process a little bit, Dan, and uh, I guess some of your takeaways. Yeah, I mean, we had talked quite a bit about some of your ongoing challenges uh, generating leads for them. And and I just knew that there were ways that other people had been generating leads or there were ways that we could do it more efficiently. And so Chris and I came to you and we talked about how we could basically figure out other ways to be more efficient. And one of the things I knew was that there were a number of areas that were generating leads that could generate targeted leads that were not being utilized by NCSA. And again, an arbitrage opportunity, which is a common theme for me. I knew that we could we could essentially generate those for far less than what NCSA was willing to pay for them. It was a lot harder than I think we both, both Chris and I thought, but we learned a ton about the affiliate world. We learned a ton about you know, pay per lead, cost per lead. And I think one of our best tactics ultimately, which was a matter of, hey, let's experiment, was calling and qualifying leads that we were buying from other sources, which was adding a step to a process that other people weren't willing to do, but we figured out how to do it cheaply enough and efficiently enough that we could generate qualified leads at a profitable rate. All right. So it's kind of a counterintuitive thought to generating leads on the internet, calling them. Yes. But it really. Uh, I think speaks to your overall approach when approaching a problem and uh, most importantly, finding a solution is looking at things a little bit differently to ultimately have success. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that happened in that situation, you know, where the three of us are kind of witness to or participants in is that the three of us were good friends. Our relationships kind of deepened through digital marketing. Dan, knowing you and knowing Brian, there's this part to good digital marketers where there's kind of a yin and the yang within the approaches we use and, and within the ability to use some of these very dry tactics, some not dry necessarily, but very data-driven, very much about numbers and dollars and cents. And then to use them, if you're only good at that, if that's your only kind of way into it, it's going to be a struggle because the other part of it is very creative. It's very much about people. It's seeing that the behind the click is a person. And then there's this kind of other layer where the three of our, the three of us had our relationships kind of deepen through this work. And Dan know from talking to you that in some ways you use some of these skills as kind of like a way to meet new people or a way to start a conversation with somebody that you wanted to meet. Can you think of any examples of that that maybe would, would tease that out a little bit? Yeah, there's been a number of those throughout the years. Pretty much for me, it always came back or comes down to a genuine curiosity in, in people and their stories. And that's a particularly helpful approach with the digital marketing world because good digital marketers out there are testing and experimenting and trying different approaches. And a shortcut in learning the same things that they're learning is is getting together with them and learning their stories. So, you know, I have a number of friends who were sort of these, uh, these affiliates that you would read about, you know, who, the people who are making all kinds of money from their, while they're traveling all over the world. And I met a number of people who were just doing that, kind of living in the shadows, just out of curiosity, like, what are you doing? How is it working? And developing real relationships through that curiosity. It feels like everything, everything good in my career has come from a genuine interest in what someone is doing and what they've learned. And initially it was mostly around marketing, but it's expanded more recently. And you're you're drawing a lot of very important to you lines through um, developing relationships with other people out of a pure curiosity and interest in them. And you talked about the psychological tactics of, of setting up a successful digital marketing campaign. 
and empathy being, you know, an ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand what that experience might be like for them when they're sitting across from you at the table or on the other side of your digital marketing campaign. Do you find that practice has, you know, enriched your professional life? Do you, do you, is that something you actually practice regularly and you're trying to always do throughout life? Or do you find that to be just something that, that develops as you go? That's a really great question, actually. If I were to think about, you know, where I've had success beyond what I talked about with curiosity, I think it's when I was able or when I am able to really deeply connect with what another person may be experiencing or have experienced, you're really very, very much connecting with what they're going through or what their experience is. And I think that's worked extremely well in, in marketing. It's worked extremely well with copywriting. You know, really not just like trying to imagine what somebody might be going through as they land, hit this landing page or, you know, read this email, but like really trying to feel it. And it's, it's interesting now how you're asking that question. That's the same skills and the same toolbox that I'm reaching into in my work with Reboot, whether it's actually coaching, which I do a little bit of, uh, facilitating some of our groups or developing products. You know, it's, if you, if you can't really emotionally connect with what someone's experience may be, then it's hard to really develop either a language or a product that can serve them and support them. So there's no question that developing an empathetic connection with someone and being able to step into their shoes is really important. It does. It does. And and, and you kind of, we're starting to go there. And it, I think this is a good time where we want to talk about reboot a little bit. And it sounds like you're just about to take that step. So, so why don't you go for it and tell the listeners a little bit more about reboot, uh, if you don't mind how you got there and then um, how it kind of overlaps a little bit with some of these lessons that you're picking up as you're developing your career in, in digital marketing, if that's an aside to it, or if you see that as something that overlaps with with the things Real that quick, you do uh, at Reboot. Let's talk about what, what is Reboot for all our listeners. So Reboot is a coaching company. We work with pretty much exclusively with tech companies and entrepreneurs. And, you know, we coach in a number of ways, whether it's one-on-one coaching, we do boot camps, we do uh, peer groups. And really the whole structure of the organization is to support the emotional roller coaster, the ups and downs, the personal struggles of, of really building great companies and doing great things. And I, for me personally, it, and, and Chris was there for a lot of this, I've experienced the, uh, the real struggles of, of trying to build a company and, and knowing what it does to you personally and what it does to you emotionally and, and does to your own sort of mental awareness and, and sanity and health, knowing the importance of having, whether a coach or a, a good friend or uh, some kind of peer group, somebody that you could just talk to about what's going on and knowing how helpful that can be in your own sanity and also ultimately your own performance. So having had that support while I was trying to build companies, I knew how important it was for me. It was something I always wanted to do for someone else. And when the opportunity presented itself to help start Reboot and kind of pay it forward, I, I jumped on it. So I know how important it is. I know how hard it is to build companies. And I know how important it is to have that support. So that's kind of a long-winded answer to your question, Brian, on what Reboot is. I'm in Reboot because I saw one of my partners and co-founders, Jerry, give a talk. Jerry Colonna, he's a former VC turned coach. And he gave a talk about seven or eight years ago, uh, maybe 10 years ago, geez. Just about, I'm just starting coaching. 
And, uh, but he was mostly there to talk about investing and that's what people wanted to hear him talk about. But I was immediately intrigued. Like, what's a coach? How does that work? And so using some of the stuff that I had learned previously, I came home, tracked down Jerry's information, sent him a cold email as I often did. Like, Hey, I'd like to hear more about your story. Ultimately he became my coach and, and now my partner. So, you know, just, just having that curiosity in people is really what led me to where I am now within Reboot. I think that was a really interesting point when you said about a cold email, as you often did. Over the years, how many estimate how many cold emails you've sent out? I don't do it in mass, um, but I do it when I'm genuinely interested in connecting with someone. Gosh, I don't even I couldn't even begin to estimate in the thousands. I'm sure, especially when I was in New York, when there were so many people who were accessible. I think it really speaks to the importance of just taking that first step. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in not really having any concern about people saying no or people blowing me off, which plenty of people did. What would you guess your conversion rate was on that as far as getting a response and having it and turn into something? I would say getting a response was actually pretty high. I mean, even for well-known authors and, and speakers, it's probably at least 50%, 60%. Getting together or having a conversation you know, that was probably 30% of the time, maybe. And then I would say that I've had some really good relationships and friendships and partnerships come out of maybe five to 10% of those. So it's been a remarkably effective approach for me, but this seems like the theme of this conversation. But again, coming from a place of real curiosity in the person, a lot of times I go into those meetings and the people would say, Hey, so how can I help you? And I wouldn't have an answer to the question because I didn't, have any intention. I just wanted to meet them and hear their story. Did you ever find some people would have a funny reaction to that? Like I've had situations before where maybe I was trying a similar approach. And when I didn't have a great answer to that question of how can I help you? I sometimes got to look back of like, what are we doing here? Like, don't you need anything or don't you want something? Yep, absolutely. I definitely got my share of those. And I sometimes would feel bad about it. Like, oh shoot, I should have, I really need to get better about thinking about that. But at the end of the day, you know, I felt like my approach works pretty well for me and has led to some really good relationships. For sure. So and it sounds like the cases that have worked best for you have been really driven just by that curiosity and a lack of concern for maybe the outcome or the, or the finances involved, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of putting that first. Do you see commonality within yourself in that kind of very interpersonal interest that you have in others and as well as uh, maybe a more tactical kind of numbers focused digging, you know, roll up your sleeves and dig into some digital marketing campaigns. Do you see those coming from the same place? I think so. I mean, I think it's, it's an interest in wanting to know what makes people tick and what makes things work. And so, so, you know, with a person that's getting together and hearing their story with a campaign, for example, that's having the data and really seeing what's working, what's not working, you know, in some ways the, to sound cheesy, the data and the metrics tell a story themselves. What's always been interesting to me is the psychology that comes hand in hand with developing a really strong and effective digital marketing campaign. And so there's there's obviously some similarities too in terms of meeting with people and developing relationships, it's kind of understanding where they're coming from, how are they ticking, and the same is true with what's driving good metrics in a campaign. You know, Dan, you've talked a lot about mentors today. You've had a number of mentors over the years. Can you just briefly talk about you know, a few of them and the big lessons or takeaways you got from that, those opportunities? I mean, I'll venture to say you were an early mentor for me when I barely knew what a landing page was. And that was, that was a huge, that was really a huge step in my career. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, 
uh, to me, it always felt like you were tremendously effective at making things work and at times a challenging environment and an environment that didn't uh, didn't recognize the value of what you were bringing to the table. And so, like, I remember looking over, you know, Windows Media embedded videos on a landing page that played in a buggy way and you reaching out and saying, how do I improve this? And I was like, oh, man, that's a rough place to start. But uh, you made it work. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, in some ways, it was an easy place to start because when you're starting from the ground floor, there's only one place to go but up. <laughs> That's true. But I think it says how how uh, how long ago that was, too, the fact that there was a Windows Media Player. And- yeah, I'm guessing some of our, our listeners won't know what that is. <laughs> I've been fortunate to meet some really wonderfully talented people and learn quite a bit. Maybe if I were to to try and distill it down to one commonality I've seen throughout with all of them is... Uh, a real self-awareness, a real strength, like a real understanding of what's important to them and what, what they want to work towards or what they are working towards and what they want to work on and, you know, what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and, and being comfortable with that. It's not something I've totally stepped into yet, but I've seen pretty consistently with a lot of my, a lot of my friends and a lot of my mentors. Well, Dan, we really appreciate having you uh, on MatchCast today. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule. Anything uh, you want to leave our listeners, any final lessons of wisdom? Yeah, don't be afraid to uh, follow your curiosity and see where it takes you and uh, make mistakes. Also, and thanks for having me on. It's, it's fun to chat with you guys about this. And it's always fun to talk about yourself. Okay, well, thanks to everyone for joining us again on MatchCast. Uh, we will be back hopefully very soon with a yet another yet exciting guest. And uh, Dan, I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast soon in the future. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys.